0: if you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, or I've been through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Q, and in today's episode, we're talking about that one time in the Bible that Abraham calls seven sheep to the witness stand. If you're wondering what in the world are we are talking about, we're looking at Genesis chapter 21, verses 22 to 34. Today, I'm hanging out with the bald eagle himself. Tyler, how's it going on, buddy? What is up, Justin? It's been a little while. It's been a minute, but I'm glad to be able to chat with you. We were talking behind the scenes about how this is one of those passages that I don't know that I ever really remembered reading growing up. Like, I'm sure I read it once because, you know, I've read through the book of Genesis a handful of times. And so my eyes have certainly glossed over the text before, but glossing it was because I'm like reading the story almost for like the first time as I was preparing for this episode. It kind of
2: feels that way. I, you know how there's times where you can read the same page like seven times in a row?
1: Mm-hmm. and
2: you just keep coming back, and you're like, I, I know my eyes moved over each line, but I don't remember a single thing I just read. I'm positive exactly. this was one of those pages for me growing
0: up. Exactly, exactly. So let, let's let's do our, our, our listeners kind of a favor. Let's kind of go beat by beat. What is happening in the story? The first thing that I noticed that was happening is there's a repeat viewing of kind of one of the lesser characters of the narrative. If you remember from Genesis chapter 20, uh, Abimelech shows up. He's like this king. He's a leader of this nation. And um, Abraham has had an exchange with him, which kind of mirrored what happened with Pharaoh. you Remember the part of the story where Abraham's like, yo, that's my sister. And then Pharaoh's like, okay, cool. Then I'll take her for myself. Like it happens again with Abimelech. And then Abimelech basically is like cursed. And, you know, all these things happen. You remember in our previous conversation with Jonathan, wink, wink, I'm saying you remember because, uh, I actually haven't shot that episode yet, so we're (laughs) shooting these episodes in reverse order. I don't know what we talked about in that episode yet. But uh, Abimelech shows up, and this time he's with his army commander visiting Abraham, and he has a proposition for Abraham.
2: Yes, and okay, this proposition is very interesting because I think uh, basically what they do is they come in, and it's interesting because... I think when we look at just the gist of his first meeting with God, it's apparent that Abimelech recognizes God is not to be messed with. Yeah. And so <laughs> and God's like, you're a dead man. He's yep. like, what did I do? And he's yep. like, you know, he obviously operates from the place that I will do what you say because I don't want to mess with you, God.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, so, now, so there's this weird contrast where Abimelech is kind of like almost like the more out, morally outstanding guy compared to our, our main hero of the story. He has a, a
2: healthy fear, it seems. A healthy fear. Um, and that's probably a theme that you'll get into at some point, but there's definitely a obedience that Abimelech mm-hmm. has from fear. Yeah. Uh, and so then from that place, he comes to Abraham and he's like, Listen, I I want no like issues with you or your God, like be here. What what are the exact words? He says, swear to me by your God that you won't deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity because I've dealt kindly with you. Yeah, Remember, I gave you all those gifts.
0: Yeah, I gave you the silver. I gave you all the animals and the servants. And, and what, what is interesting is that the whole kind of covenant is predicated on the plea, don't deceive me again. Yes. And, and, and I don't know if you, you hear that. Abimelech's like, listen, like, I know that you got a really powerful god on your side. I know that anything that you touch tends to turn to gold. And I'd really love to ally myself with you. But I'm kind of scared because you've swindled me once already. Man,
2: isn't that wild?
0: Mm. Like the
2: wow, that that is something I have not actually thought much about, where it's like, your God is one I don't want to mess with, and you've mm. duped me, and your God stood by you.
0: Wow. That's wild. It, it, it definitely goes kind of contrary to a lot of the, I don't know, the silly, kind of like pithy lessons that we learned growing up in school or in church, like, oh, God's always going to bless those who are on his side. It's like, Well, I mean, he's cursing the dude who's going against his anointed and his anointed isn't doing all the things right.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like God is God is a God of covenant and he Mm -hmm. made a covenant with Abraham and he's sticking to his word Mm -hmm. even when Abraham's messing up. And so, yeah, that that's really dope, Justin. I I didn't see that. So then when all of a sudden he's like, hey, please, like, let's make an alliance here. Let's make a treaty. And then Abraham, like, kind of brings up this issue that he's got with Abimelech at the time, which I think is kind of petty and funny. But he just brings up this, it says, this well that Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech, I, I honestly, I feel a little bad for him. I feel a little hmm. bad for him because with God, the first time, God's like, You're a dead man for taking Abraham's wife. And he's like, What? I didn't right. know. And now right. again, he's like, Abraham, I, this is the first I've heard about this well. Like, tell me hmm. what the deal is. And so they actually, They work it out.
0: Well, well I, I think something that's important for us to kind of put ourselves in in the, the 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 POV of Abraham is why is the well so important? It's not like he just stole like your your water bottle or something like that. I think Abraham has this understanding. He's leaning on God's promises and in in his own way, trusting that this is part of the land that his descendants are supposed to inherit. But he's maybe the well represents something more than just water. It represents the security in the land, um, in order for he and his family to be able to dwell here and to be able to fulfill the promises that God has has given him. He's gonna need some kind of stability and the well seems to be one of those key, key elements for that.
2: Mm, that's really dope. I know that there's definitely some themes about things that happen at wells mm. and how, yeah, like what Jacob meets his wife at a well. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, we're gonna hear that story. Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well. I think somebody else met a wife at a well. So there's like actually very intimate encounters that take place at wells. And I think that we're actually kind of seeing like some kind of – it's it's maybe not intimate in the same way, but two parties becoming one, kind of finding that alliance, that treaty, that agreement amongst each other. And I think that what's so dope that stood out to – you and I were both talking about it. We're like, okay, what's the deal
0: with these seven sheep? <laughs> like mm-hmm. so, so basically what happens is uh, Abraham's like, all right, cool. Uh, we're going to make a treaty. Uh, Abimelech's like, okay, I'm going to handle the whole well situation. So Abraham takes seven additional female lands and set them, sets them kind of to the side. So Abraham and, and, and Abimelech must have agreed on some type of a price. It, it says that there's sheep, there's goats, there's cattle. He gives them back to Abimelech, which is interesting because in the previous couple chapters Abimelech gives Abraham a bunch of animals right. and yet it seems like Abimelech has this level of humility he's like like it's it's very clear that god has blessed you even though like he could rightfully take ownership for some of the blessing himself He's like he could have been like it's clear that god has blessed you through me you know how he could position (laughs) himself as superior but in this moment he it doesn't seem like he's doing that so it's almost like abraham is just giving him back what he initially had and now he's also giving him seven additional female lambs and Benwick is like yo what's the what's the deal with the lambs why why are there seven more than what kind of i was expecting
2: yeah and i think abraham's explanation it is not satisfying at all <laughs> to me <laughs> in my language but he just says oh these seven lambs you will take from my hand that this may be a witness for me that the that i dug this well hmm. like they're they're my witnesses that i dug this well and it it doesn't i mean in english it's like okay there's also servants around that can actually talk like what's the deal with these lambs And uh, so I had to do a little uh, Google theology and (laughs) it spurred, it just spurred something else. Obviously, we know that the number seven is important anytime that Mm -hmm. we see the number seven. And uh, I think that once I realized that seven, like this, it kind of is making a callback to the week of creation, Mm -hmm. then... All of a sudden, something that jumped out at me about what Abraham is saying is that he says, they're witnesses that I dug this well. Hmm. And Abraham is no stranger to God making covenants with him. Mm -hmm. And if we go back to the seventh day of creation, it is the day that God rested in the work that he had done. Hmm. And so the Sabbath day, like the seventh day, is like this day of covenant where man rested with God from the work that God had done. And then God makes these covenants. You guys talked about the smoking pots and how like God entered into this covenant where he did all the work. Mm -hmm. And so Abraham is actually now extending the same kind of covenant promise to this king, this king that actually his descendants become the enemies of the Israelites later on. But he's extending this covenant promise with this king based on the premise of covenant that he has received from God, which Mm -hmm. is, these are the seven lambs that have witnessed that I dug this well, hmm. like I did the work. It's it's complete. Like I will hold up my end of the bargain with you, no matter what you say or do to me.
0: And, and so it sounds like in if if we're taking this story for the analogy that you're kind of leading us on through, it, it sounds like you and I are the Abimelech. It's it's we are the people who are kind of on the outside, wanting to link up with God because of His blessings and all these things, and. And and it seems as though that God's saying to us in, in, through the story, like, listen, like, I'm the one handling it all start to finish. Like, I dug the well. I'm giving you the lambs. And, like, it's this really interesting thing because you would think that it would be the opposite. You'd think that if Abimelech is coming to Abraham because Abraham is blessed and God is working through Abraham, that – he would have to kind of pay treaty a little bit in this moment. Like, okay, I'll give you all these things so that you're my ally and you don't end up like destroying me later down the line. But the exchange seems to be kind of one-sided in the opposite direction than you might think.
2: Mm, It's, yeah, it's kind of like when somebody comes to church and they come to church because they're down on their luck and they're hoping that somehow something about God or, I don't know, they, they don't know where to turn and they're just hoping to get, Something And they're willing, I don't know if you've, I know that you have actually had conversations with people who are just, they're done. And Mm. they are willing to try anything. Mm. They're willing to try anything to like get out of their situation. But then when they actually hear the good news in that place where it's like, yeah, you don't actually have to do anything. Mm. Like you're willing to do anything and you don't have to do anything. Because the good news that I have for you is he's done it all. And then just how sweet that is. Yeah. And in that case, it's like every Christian that believes the good news about Jesus Christ should be able to connect with Abimelech in this situation where it's you approach and you're like, I'm, I'm willing to like, please be merciful with me. Like, let's make a treaty. Let's make this thing work. And then God is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about this? I just do everything and give
0: you everything. And we live in peace with each other. I love that. I love that. Uh, at the very end of the story, Abraham plants a tree in Beersheba and one of the commentaries that I was looking at was talking about how actually it's uh, like a, a tree grove and kind of contextually like in that part of the world they would have these groves that were erected for kind of pagan worship and so it's almost as though like what Abraham is doing is setting up shop and acting in some way shape or form as like a contrast to the practice of the local uh, indigenous people at this time and, and he's planting this tree here as kind of this declaration of faith that listen you know what this well that we dug is going to be so like long standing, this tree is going to grow up. My family is going to come up here. There's like this. There's this indicator that this is a moment of faith for Abraham. That he really is taking God at His word. That me and my family, my descendants, we're going to be here. We're going to be able to see this tree growing up. We're going to be able to be camped by this well, and and we're going to be able to prosper and live here and be able to worship our God for for generations to come.
2: Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. The the faith of just knowing like maybe that's I mean that's the beauty of a tree right Mm -hmm. is that you can plant a seed you can plant a tree in faith that eventually it's going to have branches and leaves and shade and fruit but it takes a little while but does that mean that you cut it up or dig it up out of the ground when the next day you don't see anything and so it is it's like this long-term covenant exercise of here it is here's a tree
0: Hey, uh, real quick, before you guys go, I wanted to point out Tyler's T-shirt, or I guess it's a sweater. If you're watching it, uh, you see the text on the screen. But if you're only listening, there's a very bold claim on the front of this uh, of this sweater or T-shirt. I guess it could be on any kind of merch. Uh, but the phrase is that God forgave you a long time ago.
2: Man, and isn't that good news, Justin?
0: That's super good news. He forgave you a long time ago. Go ahead and just believe it. Receive it already. I love the shirt because it immediately confronts, uh, I think, one of the most unfortunate and common misunderstandings about who God is. That God's pissed off at you, God's angry with you, that God is just, you know, waiting to destroy you. But we clearly see that this is not at all who God is. God forgave us even before we were even born, which is, that's not a controversial statement. Jesus died at the cross like 2,000 years before either of us were born. And he already paid the penalty. So it is true that God forgave you a long time ago. And this this piece of, uh, of merchandise is one way for us to be able to have these conversations starts. I know that you and Morgan, I know that you guys wear the, this specific uh, uh, piece of clothing quite often. I know that you've actually had a handful of interactions with people kind of like spontaneously.
2: Oh, man. This one and then there's one that's feelings aren't Lord. God is. Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um both of those and then there's another one that says as he is so are we in this world the so are we shirt um all of those you'll you'll just see like i think god forgave you a long time ago we were in the airport on our way to a love reality thing and as we you know at the airport you got the walkways where you can just stand mm-hmm. on them and they're like you just move and we were going one direction and a lady was coming the other direction and then all of a sudden she looked at us and she goes yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what and then Morgan's like your shirt, Tyler. She's talking about your shirt, and so I was just like, yeah, hallelujah. You know, by that point, we're like at several, like many terminals apart, yelling across the airport. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful testimony for especially to people who may think that God is actually actively wanting to punish them until they ask for forgiveness. And it's like, hmm. no, 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 no. Hmm. He loves you far more than you realize. He already forgave you. He's just waiting for you to receive it
0: yep that's right so hey listen this uh i guess this brand it's uh from our buddy richard young the host of the death to life podcast you might not have known that uh, he has some some merch uh you can check it out so there's going to be a link in the description or below the video uh, in the show notes uh but basically check out so are we there's a ton of different shirts and hoodies and different things like that i have one in the closet uh that i'll have to end up pulling out so i'll be making sure that i'm wearing it on a future episode but check them out so are we it's a real cool way to kind of of share your faith with other people and also support a good cause okay sweet cool beans